Grace Podcast. My name is Grace, a personal trainer and nutrition coach in student well-being here at Columbus State Community College. I'm here to bring you the facts about current health and wellness trends and clear up any and all misunderstandings about various health and wellness topics. Along with expert guests, my goal is to help you discover what wellness means to you and help you make informed decisions for your health and wellness journey. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Guidance with Grace. My name is Grace, and today's topic is something I'm actually really excited to talk about. Uh, and student well-being, one of the things that we are offering is help with uh, substance use disorders. Uh, and specifically, we have our, our resident specialist, Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Hey. <laughs> um, and I wanted to kind of talk about why we're even, you know, I think it's a very taboo topic. Um, but we all know, like, college students have been a huge part of the population over just decades and decades that are known to have struggles with uh, substance use. And a lot of things are kind of just thrown at you uh, as soon as you step into college. And those are definitely things that our students are facing, even though we aren't necessarily a four-year college. Um, You know, there's all types of different stats that I really found interesting, but some of the things that really got me going um, was the fact that 75% of of college students drink alcohol and at least 43% of the college students use marijuana. And back in 2018, they did a study that even showed uh, nearly half of college students have tried or use illicit illicit drugs such as opioids, MDMA, or cocaine. It's just crazy that, you know, these things are thrown at us as college students, and yet we are kind of left in the dark sometimes to, to figure these things out. So, um, so Shelby, so I want you to kind of talk a little bit and kind of get this conversation started about recovery. And let's talk about what substance use even means the definition of it. Cause also the terminology and you guys might hear me hesitate, like saying the right terminology, it's recently changed. Yes. Yes. They've changed lots of wording um, to lessen the stigma or to not offend anybody that may be struggling with substances. So, um, recently it's been changed to, instead of substance abuse, substance use. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, to remember it's an, it's a new Mm -hmm. change. Um, but, uh, all the new literature and everything you'll see, will say substance use disorder, SUDs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so substance use includes, so it's not just one thing, substance comprehensive, like it includes alcohol. It includes all types of drugs, Any, anything like mind altering substance. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. So Shelby, I brought you on today. Of course, you have a lot of knowledge and experience in recognition and recovery from substance use disorders. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about why you got into this field and kind of what brought you to where you are today? Yeah. Um, thanks for having me on here, yeah. Grace. Um, <laughs> not, it's a very uh, 
taboo or topic that's very stigmatized and um, lots of people in recovery like myself are afraid sometimes to talk about it. There's this whole idea of anonymity and um, current debate in the recovery community if that's a good or bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's a personal choice that everyone in recovery has to make if they want to, you know, be open about it or not. And I've chosen to talk about it. Um, I think it's an important issue. And, you know, if anyone listens to this that's struggling, like, they'll at least know or hear one person that's, like, made it through. So I think it's really important to show that that's, like, actually possible and Mm -hmm. it's not just, like, an idea um, or, you know, a mental health professional telling you, oh, good job, like, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Like, like from, from my point of view, when I was really going through it, like, you know, some medical professional could tell me what I need to do to recover, but I didn't believe them. Like, you've never been through this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why am I going to listen to you about it? So I found talking to other people that have been through it and are in recovery was the most helpful to me. So that kind of gave me motivation to, you know, make sure like I'm representing anyone in recovery. People are struggling with substance use and um, bring that to light in conversations that um, other people may not think about mm-hmm. um, it, cause it's important to, to continually talk about it and make it less of a stigma. Um, mm-hmm. Well, so, and I think even a lot of our listeners might not even really recognize that they might fall yes. into this category. Absolutely. And that's a tough thing when you when you have that realization and that might be happening right now for somebody as we further the conversation just with this episode. And so at the end, I encourage you guys to to stick it out. And uh, we've got a lot of really great and actually a new revelation for both Shelby and I, as we were looking into getting you guys some resources uh, that we're going to share at the end, uh, we found a really cool new one. So definitely hang tight. We've got a lot of really good stuff coming your way. Yes. Um, So I'll kind of like get into my story a little bit here, kind of short, sweet version of it. Um, If that's even really possible, (laughs) like it's so complex, you know, this topic. Yes, we could go all all day. I could talk about it all day, but I'll um, try to keep it short for you guys. Um, So I kind of start off, you know, at the beginning on of my journey, Um, I started drinking and um taking pills like uh opiates um you know from your parents medicine cabinet Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. in high school um I was 15 I couldn't even legally drive yet already and you know was already you know partying with my friends on the weekends um so that that became a normal thing. Like every weekend, you know, go to someone's house, drink, um, maybe, you know, smoke some weed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so it kind of started with just like those substances and, you know, on the side I was taking, you know, some opiates and then maybe like after six months of that routine, um, it turned into, I'm going to, we're going to have a party in the parking lot. (laughs) before school oh my Um, gosh yes (laughs) that's so early (laughs) I know um so I 
I wasn't their rare student. This was like a thing at our school. Um, I would be hard pressed to tell you people that didn't partake in party in the parking lot before mm. school. Yeah. Um, to be honest, like it was that it was just the culture. Um, so, you know, we'd drink, smoke, do whatever at like 7 a.m. in the morning in the school parking lot, go to class. And then we go out to lunch and do it again because <laughs> we had open lunch. Um, so senior year high school, I ended up getting a DUI, still didn't stop me from drinking. The second I got my car back, I was drinking. Mm. Um, and then meanwhile, I got into Ohio University and at that time, they're the number one party school in America. <laughs> So I was like, yes, this is, this is where I want to be. I don't care about this school part. Like, let me just go party. So, you know, freshman year, first semester, got put on academic probation. Um, I wasn't studying. I didn't, I was like, oh, you have to actually study in college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have to be awake. I, I was I just roll out of bed, like hungover, probably still drunk, go to class. Um, and then at that point, Adderall had become like a huge thing. Like that's the first time I was really introduced to Adderall. Um, so that became like a regular occurrence in my life. Mm -hmm. um, um, and then, you know, that progressed into cocaine. Cocaine's mm -hmm. cheaper and it does about the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um and ended up joining a sorority. So I was in Greek life. And we all know what happens in Greek life. Just mm -hmm. nonstop drinking, partying. Um, let's just say I partied so hard that I got kicked out of my sorority. Oh, my. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's hard to do. Like, yeah. it was that to that point, like, I got, like, I made it one year. Do you feel like that was part of your recognition of like oh wait maybe I no I I was just mad yeah I was like come on guys like you need the fun person <laughs> like, yeah you know well I don't understand like we're supposed to be in a sisterhood like why are you kicking me out like mm -hmm. no warning nothing like that so it's kind of salty yeah. for a long time about it um, but never once did I think, oh, maybe like my actions cause this. Mm -hmm. Um, I was getting into like arguments and fights with all my friends or like, we don't want to be around you. Like you're, you know, all you do is drink. And I'm like, no, I don't. Meanwhile, I'm like drinking while telling him I don't drink. I'm like, well, you have a problem. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You drink like I do. It's really hard in college because you see everyone else drinking. Right. And so also like seeing it for what it is is tough because it's almost the norm. Yeah. So I could see why you would have that feeling of denial. Like, what do you mean? I'm not the only one doing this. Yeah. I was like, I'm not always by myself when I'm drinking or doing drugs and which I think is an often thought of like, oh, you have a problem if you're doing it by yourself. 
Because what are you doing it for? You're just by yourself. Whereas like if it's in a social setting, it's way more accepted socially. Especially like I was still involved in Greek life because I had initially made all my friends through that. And through my eyes, I'm seeing everyone else doing the same thing. I'm like, Mm. well, if I have a problem, you have a problem because like I see you doing about the same things I am, but, um, you know, I'm not out there like counting how many drinks people around me are having. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't think I realized that the extent that I was drinking at was like way higher. Like it got to a point like so senior year is kind of like the crossroads for me. Um so you did make I, it to senior year. I did. Because you came out of that university with a degree. So you did, did. make it. <laughs> I did somehow. I was going to get through. But I had a lot of uh, making up of work and had to really do stellar <laughs> my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that summer going into senior year, like the moment for me was um, I had... You know, I'm from Columbus, so I, Ohio State Fair, I was like, oh, let me bring some of my friends up. Yeah. Um, they haven't been to it before. So it's like, go to the fair and hit the, hit the bars on High Street and then meet up with some friends. And I got completely hammered <laughs> at the fair. Mm. And then somehow I th- run into some high school friends that I used to do all the drugs and <laughs> drinking with. And they're like, oh, hey, we live right down the street here. You want to come over for after party? I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> so we, I guess we go over there and and I wake up in the morning and I have like band-aids all over me. I'm in my parents' living room on the couch. Like my friends are in my bedroom. <laughs> like, like, why am I out here by myself? Why do I have band-aids all over me? Like, and... At that point, I was like, do I really want to do this anymore? Like, just, you know, it all came to a head. And my parents seeing that, like, the looks on their faces. Is that their first time? It's one of many. But I think at that point, like, it was just enough times. (laughs) Right. And I wasn't eating. I was drinking all my calories. Um, It's probably up to like a bottle of Jaeger a day and I don't know, like 12 beers or more, but I was also doing cocaine, Molly, and I was like, this isn't possible. I just can't do this anymore. Like, I don't know where to go from here. Like my grades suck. My friends are all upset with me. I physically feel horrible and I'm like, there's something wrong. And I don't know what it is because everything I do, it's just, there's just like this underlying sense of I need something to make me feel better. Um, And that goes along with the mental health, Mm -hmm. you know. I, you know, was probably suffering from anxiety and depression at that time and um, never had sought help for it you know I learned that you don't talk about it and that you medicate Mm -hmm. (laughs) with drugs and alcohol and you know your body can only take that for so long um so the recognition for you is just feeling exhausted 
Like, yeah. where do I go from here? I feel poorly. And so what were your next steps when you had that thought? Like, I when was... did you finally make the, the change in your life to start shifting toward a different lifestyle and yeah. recovery? So it actually was that next day when I got back to Athens to my house. Um, it was just like this sense, like, if I don't change something now, if I drink today, like, I just felt this impending doom, mm. like, almost like it's going to be over sort of thing. Like, it's either I choose to drink today and it's over. Like, this was just like, I don't know, it just came over me, this feeling, and I was scared. And so I was like, I, I need help. I, um, OU had, uh, still has very good, um, counseling and psychological services center. Thankfully they were open over it sometime. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went there and I was like, there's something wrong. I don't know what it is. Just, can you help me? And that started the whole process. Um, and at that point I was just willing to listen and learn. I think I was just beaten down so much that I was like, all right, let's do this. So um, that started my path to sobriety. And um, I joined the collegiate recovery community at OU. And I was like, I know there are other students out there that desperately need recovery. And no one is doing it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like, how can we change this? How can we help our students? And so that's like when I had the mindset shift of like, it's not just like me getting sober. It's like, how can I help other people at the same time? So mm -hmm. that was pretty much it and ended up getting 2.4, no, 2.54 GPA. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I made it. <laughs> you made you got your degree <laughs> yep. and then you went onward. Yeah, I got my master's. Um I wanted to still work with recovery students and they told because I didn't know at that point I was like not ready to leave Athens. Like that was my support system there. And yeah. Um they're like, Did you know you could get a master's degree but also be the GA for the collegiate recovery community? Mm -hmm. So kind of it'd be like my job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And s somehow I g got into the, the master's program, um, just kind of continued working with students, revamped kind of the whole thing. We ended up having like 20 students consistently by the time I graduated from oh, grad school. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was an awesome, awesome little journey there. And um, you know, after grad school, had a little rough patch because I had to leave my support system. Um, it's hard making that transition. It's like everything you yeah. know, and then it's gone, and then rebuilding that. Um, so I did have a bit of a relapse for about like maybe a year and a half. Um, but since then, um, I've been clean and sober since January 1st, 2018. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. How awesome. It's yeah. a it's a very raw story, but it's also necessary. Um, I think a lot of people 
sometimes it's kind of like that term tough love you know sometimes you just there's no reason to sugarcoat it it is what it is and it's not a pretty thing um having so readily available yes (laughs) i mean alcohol is literally legal (laughs) prescription drugs are legal and so these things are very easy to get your hands on i mean you're started at 15 yeah um so uh and you know creating a sense of community is really important and that's some of the things that we'll talk about here in a minute um, is part of recovery is community. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that helped you. And also one of the things that like when you found you didn't have that was kind of, it was a tough I transition. Relapsed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so you really hit on a lot of points about recognition, like, you know, not a not caring, like getting low grades in school, um, missing classes or even kind of skipping. Did you find that you ended up doing that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nowadays I would not be able to skip class. They have all the like card readers swipe yeah, ins right. now. I'm like, right. so sorry, cousins, you'll never get away with this. Yeah. Well, and you even mentioned you got in trouble with the law, like you got yeah. into DUI and having trouble in school in general, you're, you weren't eating, you know, I wasn't um, sleeping either. Yeah. I, mean, I was just like, taking you know taking tons of stimulants I was like let's Mm -hmm. just keep this party going right (laughs) but then even you know like your friends started kind of calling you out like this is not right um and even then you know so like all of those are signs that you might be like in the thick of it and you might actually have a disorder um and be working through some of those things. So um, just kind of keeping an eye out if you're a listener, you know, thinking about some of those things um, to figure out if you need to make a change. And so what resource did you find the four major dimensions of recovery? Um, So I found that from, it's actually from SAMHSA. um, S-A-M-H-S-A. And it's, um, actually through the the government. Yeah, it's like um, a government organization. Yeah, SAMHSA is awesome. SAMHSA has a plethora of resources and toolkits, and they're still, like, the number one. Mm-hmm. Anything for drugs, alcohol. Well, and I like it. It kind of, like, narrows it down. You had said a simplified version of the 12-step yeah. program from, like, 12-step is NA, right, as well as AA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous use a 12-step program. Uh, but the four dimensions of recovery are very well summarized in health, home, purpose, and community. And the community was like the double asterisk yeah. one, at least from what I heard about your story, was a big part of helping you recover. But I think the um, right along with it, health comes first. And you said like, you weren't sleeping, you weren't eating, you felt like crap. Um, and that's a big part of recognition is just like, I feel horrible (laughs) or even like your, your mental state, you know, um, if you're starting to have, um, thoughts of suicide, potentially, um, a lot of the times, uh, substance use, it kind of coincides with, depression, like you said, anxiety, but then the other one home, um, safe living environment, you know, depending on what your situation is, uh, a lot of people 
end up at the point where they don't have a home. Um, and getting safe housing is an important step to that process. Yeah, the biggest thing, like, to put in perspective, when I initially got started in recovery, which was uh, my first, my original sobriety date was August 2nd, 2013. Um, And at that time, I was down to 80 pounds. Mm. I had kind of like that alcohol bloat in Mm. my face. I had kind of a gray color to my skin. Like, I did not look well. (laughs) Mm. Um, And, you know, you can't really ignore that. Like, when you're starting to show, like, legit, like, physical symptoms of what you've been doing to your body. Mm -hmm. Um, So the whole thing is, like, basically relearning how to live with, like, your my whole life revolved around drugs or alcohol. So, like, what do I do now? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's kind of where, like... It's like a hard breakup. It really is. You know, like, when you're dating somebody and... And then you're not anymore. It's like, what do I do now with my time? And that's an important part is like reestablishing. What does your day look like? Yeah. Um, And that's kind of the, you know, after having a safe and stable home environment, the purpose, like what's my purpose in life? Um, And that I think definitely a lot of these are interconnected, right? But like Mm -hmm. part of it is community purpose, like like going to your meetings. I, I don't know how many it's bad, but I don't know how many shows I've watched where like, you need to go to a meeting right now. If you feel like you are struggling in any way, whether or not it's, you feel like you're going to fall into your relapse or just, you know, you're having something going on, go to a meeting. And that can be a big part of your purpose in life. At least starting out is being involved with community. Recovery, like helped me find like my purpose in life. And I was able to meet like other people that had hobbies like I did like I didn't know I had hobbies Mm -hmm. my hobby was drinking (laughs) right so you know you know Athens is a small community that's really the only treatment they had there like was AA or NA Mm -hmm. Um, but you come to Columbus a much bigger city like there's not you don't have to recover through AA or NA like there are many other options and I think a lot of people get turned away from it because they think they have to do AA or NA and Mm -hmm. they don't want to do something religious or yeah and while there are things like celebrate recovery that are more religiously focused what are some of the ones that aren't that kind of in the Columbus area so um another popular group is called smart recovery um, they have, you know, they hold like free meetings like AA or NA does, but it's not based on the 12 steps or Christianity. It's more of um, like motivational interviewing skills type of okay. thing, like creating goals, getting you motivated to make changes in your life. There's also um, like local to Columbus, um, Centero. Um, they're a huge um community mental health organization and I don't think a lot of people know this but they have several free like peer support groups for substance use Um, and they are not based on AA or NA and that's spelled S-Y-N-T-E-R-O yep Sintero yeah 
Yeah, they have like four or five locations in Columbus. Um, but um, that you, resource. Yeah, so yeah. I was going to say, so you found a really cool thing, be it through Google. Yeah. <laughs> um, Google. Google has put together a whole resource page. Um, so it's recoveredtogether.withgoogle.com. Mm-hmm. And this website is very comprehensive. Yeah, it literally has everything that I would have included on like a resource guide and more. Um, Put your zip code in and you can see all your options. Like if you want to do meetings, you want, you know, need treatment. Um, But I love this. I'm checking it out right now. Yeah. So like on their top and it's very mobile friendly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But one of the first things as you scroll down is online meetings. Um, and just like different like podcasts, um, managing recovery while physically distanced. Again, that community aspect, mm-hmm. what to expect when you attend your first meeting, um, and lots of um, just different stories on here, like from people who um, have gone through it themselves. Uh, it's really oh, and there's something from the musician Macklemore on here. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of great things, um, and definitely some updated terminology too, uh, that they go through. Mm -hmm. Um, so a really awesome, literally at your fingertips, recovertogether.withgoogle.com. A lot of, um, I think people don't feel like they know where to go. Uh, so this could be a stepping stone for a lot of people. Smart recovery is another one that you mentioned, Um, and just making sure that you don't have any hesitations to reach out uh, to them or to us. Part of what we can do at Student Wellbeing is help guide you. Um, And Shelby, you're a part of our team. Yeah. It's really exciting to be able to work with you. Thank you for sharing your story with me and with our listeners. And um, if you're looking for myself or Shelby, we are in Nestor Hall, room 010 at the lower level, room 10. Um, and I think it's important to start that conversation. And that's what we're doing now. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation, Shelby, because you're the pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> yep. So now you're you're in it. <laughs> you're stuck with me. Uh, so definitely a lot of uh, episodes to come. Just kind of not just all about resources and sharing our story, but like just kind of education based too. Uh, definitely, uh, lots more to come. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Grace. And, you know, to all of our listeners, students, anybody, I am always available. (laughs) You can come talk to me whenever, um, you know, even if you're still drinking, doing drugs, like I don't care just if you have a question, just come talk to me. Like we'll chit chat. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what what my passion is. So feel free to stop in, or if you just want to hang out with me and Grace, yeah, <laughs> right. We can have fun. Yeah, right. We'll definitely have fun. <laughs>